You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 114. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 114. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, super moms. Happy holidays. This is crunch time. If you were listening to this podcast, it's a few days before Christmas, at least as I'm recording it and as you're going to be listening to it. So I hope that you were able to participate in the three-day Christmas crazies challenge. It was fantastic. So fun to do. I ended up doing it from my lake house because I was snowed in. So it really felt like Christmas outside with snowstorms and blizzards and beauty. Oh my gosh. I am not, I'm new to snow. (laughs) This is the first time I've ever been snowed in before. And it was so pretty. I couldn't stop taking pictures. The light would change throughout the day. And it just seemed like there's all these different kinds of snow. So for those of you who live in snow country, I would be curious to know, does the novelty wear off or is it still exciting? Like every year, when it snows, do you sit by the window and just watch and just like look outside all day? I couldn't stop watching it. So anyways, if you didn't get to participate in the Christmas Crazies Challenge, you can still go to the Super Mom is Getting Tired Facebook group and check out the videos I did for three days. If you are on my email list, you would have received a recording. It's really important and it really ties in today's question Uh, today's topic for the episode is I'm always last on my list, especially the third day of the Christmas Crazies Challenge was all about making time for yourself, appreciating yourself for all the hard work that you do going into the holidays and making it special and magical. And how do you fill up your tank after giving, giving, giving? So the first two days were about getting organized, being productive, kind of being focused and remembering that this is the kind of the Super Bowl of Super Mom. And so we want to be really supportive and encouraging and not get, make sure we aren't getting frustrated. Like this is supposed to be relaxing and fun when it's really go time. So you can relax. (laughs) You're certainly welcome to. But if you're finding it actually adding to your frustration because there's so much to remember and you're not feeling relaxed, then it doesn't help. So especially go check out day three. If today's question is relevant to you, it's called, I'm always last on my list. So I'm going to read the question from Sandra. Dear Tori, there are things I want to do that are important to me, but I can't seem to follow through on them. For example, I want to exercise more regularly. I know it makes me a better mom. When I've been exercising, my mind is clear. I'm in a better mood and I make better choices. I will bend over backwards to make sure my daughter never misses a gymnastics practice. But when it comes to my exercise class, it takes very little for me to flake. I don't have time. My daughter needs me. I'm tired. They raise their prices. It's cold outside. The excuses sound really legit in the moment, but after I can tell they were just excuses. 
Now I've got the opportunity to go on a weekend getaway with some girlfriends, and I really want to go, but it's near my son's birthday. My husband and my son are totally fine with me going, but I feel funny about it. I can tell I'm looking for reasons why I shouldn't go, even though I want to, and I know they're just excuses. I want to put myself first on my list and prioritize what I want. My kids are 9 and 11, so it's not like they're still young and needy. But I can't seem to follow through on this goal. How do I learn to put myself first on my list when it feels so awkward? Sandra. All right. Excellent question. I think a lot of moms are going to relate to today's podcast episode. And I'm actually going to be telling you about something really exciting that's coming up. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek, not too many details, but it's called More You in 2022. So if you are looking for more you and to learn how to put yourself first on your list in the new year, stay tuned. I'm going to tell you more about it. But let's start with the parent educator answer. I want to take a look at developmental milestones. So let's imagine that there are developmental milestones for moms, just like there are for kids, right? When you have a little one, you want to see them walking by 18 months. That's kind of to be expected. You want to see them talking and saying words. We, we kind of track our children's developmental milestones. Like, for example, nine to 11-year-olds, we want to see them forming more complex friendships, becoming more independent from family. And being physically active, these are reactive ages, uh, and also learning to put themselves into other people's shoes is a developmental milestone that starts to take place around this age. When I used to teach fourth grade, you know, like fourth grade, you're still kind of looking for facts. When you read a book, you're looking for information in your text. But by fifth and sixth grade, they start looking for you to infer from the text. Like, what do you think the character was feeling when he said that? What did he mean? And so this is a developmental milestone that's very appropriate for nine to 11-year-olds. Okay. So now let's think about developmental milestones for moms. Moms of nine to 11-year-olds have spent the last decade fully immersed in the raising of kids. You embraced your mom identity, your friendships and social life might be revolving around kid activities. You spend a lot of time managing household logistics. You are busy, but your kids are not as dependent on you as when they were little. You can leave them at home while you exercise. They are probably happy to stay home while you go grocery shopping. They don't need constant attention and supervision. So now is the perfect time to start putting yourself higher on your priority list. The problem is that your brain has not gotten the update. It's still set on the, if I leave them at home, they could die setting. You know, when they're three and five years old, leaving them at home could result in child endangerment, neglect, at the very least, some social shaming. We learn to suppress our urges and desires to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of our kids. But the brain doesn't automatically get the update that leaving our kids at home isn't selfish or dangerous. So we have to kind of slowly convince the brain and give it an update. 
So how to change the habit of self-sacrificing when it's no longer necessary? I think the first most important step is to not beat yourself up for it. So you aren't good at prioritizing yourself. Eh, so what? (laughs) The last thing you need is extra pressure from thoughts like, I should be better at this, or I suck at self-care. That was my thought. I'm like, oh, don't tell me I need self-care. I suck at self-care. Like I just used it as another way to beat myself up and think I wasn't good enough. So this has been a habit for 11 years for Sandra of self-sacrificing, prioritizing her kids' needs. So cut yourself some slack, set an intention to slowly and gradually bring attention back onto you. Okay, so first step, don't beat yourself up. Second step, become aware of the lies and excuses you're telling yourself. Now, Sandra did a great job of this in her question. She is totally onto herself, but many moms aren't. So whenever you hear yourself say, I don't have time or I don't have money, don't believe it. Those thoughts are never true. If your child needed a $5,000 surgery today, you would come up with the time and the money. You would figure it out. So a truer statement is, now listen carefully, mamas. I don't see the value in me exercising. When you think that thought, which is really more accurate, saying like, oh, I don't need to go. It's too cold outside. Exercising isn't important to me. I don't see the value in it. What that does is it creates this cognitive dissonance inside of you because you already mentioned, (laughs) Sandra already mentioned that half of her brain does see the value in exercising. She totally notices that she's a better mom. She feels more relaxed, more clear-headed. And so if she was to say, "Mm, I don't see the value in me exercising today because I'd rather just stay home and stay warm, (laughs) let's say, then it creates this healthy cognitive dissonance that motivates her to take action that's more aligned with what she wants. Okay. So think about a true statement, instead of saying excuse, like I don't have time, I don't have money, it's too expensive, whatever. You want to say, I don't see the value in me having fun. I only see the value in my children having fun. Can you see how that is a hard sentence to swallow? That's what we want. (laughs) I don't see the value in me relaxing. How many of us, is that true for? Like, We avoid relaxation because we don't think that we are worthy of it. We don't think we deserve to be relaxed or to have fun. Why? Because the house isn't perfectly clean. The children aren't perfect yet. There's too much to do. I don't think I'm worthy of my own time and attention. I think my kids' exercise and their social life is more important than mine. Like, those are true statements for a lot of us. But they don't feel good to think because there's another part of our brain that's like, wait a second, (laughs) that's not who I want to be. That does not feel right to me. So that's what we want. And then it motivates us to take productive action and prioritize ourselves. So step three, ask for permission. 
this is a funny one, right? So step one, don't beat yourself up. Step two, become aware of the lies and excuses you're telling yourself and speak the truth. And step three is to ask for permission. If we think that our families will suffer while we go have fun, we're not going to do it. So ask your kids, will you be sad if I go to Bunko on Thursday night? Ask your partner, will you be bummed if I take Saturday off and go to the movies by myself? Think about things that sound delicious to you, okay? So if you ask your family, hey, do you mind if I go run errands and leave you at home by yourselves? They're not going to see the joy in your eyes. (laughs) They're going to be like, no, stay home, play a game with me or whatever. But if you say, if it's something you're really excited about, like Sandra is about this trip with the girlfriends and she did, she asked her husband, she asked her son, do you mind if I'm not here, you know, around your birthday weekend? He's like, yeah, I don't care. Because you could probably see how she was excited about this. So think about things that sound delicious to you. Retreats, yoga class, maybe just going out with your girlfriends and ask your family how they would feel about you going. And mamas, if they say they wouldn't mind and they want you to be happy, believe them. Step number four, create some structured time in your day for reflection and intention. My clients who make the most dramatic changes are those who establish a daily journal writing practice or regular time to check in and make sure they're focused on their goals. It is too easy to let the chaos of the day take you for a ride on the gotta get it done train. So having a set time every day to refocus, what do I want? What's my goal? What's my intention? This is such a powerful practice and it helps you relearn how to prioritize yourself. So if you're wondering, how do I break the habit of self-sacrificing? You instill a new habit of daily reflection on what do I want? What are my goals and priorities? Now, today's life coaching answer of what gets in our way, oh, good Lord, is there some social and cultural programming around moms putting themselves first on their list? There is a whole lot of invisible, insidious pressure coming from our culture Who knows whether it's other moms, whether TV, our families of origin, our friends, our pediatricians, social media, it's everywhere. And it comes through in little things like we get these messages like a good mom should want to be with her kids as much as possible. Or because I'm away from my kids at work during the week, I can't be away from them on the weekends. Or It's selfish to put your needs before your children's needs. There is a lot of reinforcement, especially socially from other moms who are also self-sacrificing, who think you shouldn't put your needs before your kids. And it comes through in little statements like, must be nice to just do whatever you want to do. I could never send my kid to sleepaway camp just so that I could have a break. Like it's this idea of like, I'm a better mom because I'm with my child 24 <laughs> seven. 
I wish I could work out every day, but my kid needs me. My partner won't let me. My family, whatever. I like, I couldn't do that. Like when moms won't allow themselves to put themselves first on their list, they condemn other moms for having fun and relaxing. So we are policed by invisible social programming and we don't even realize it. It comes through commercials, it comes through friends, movies. These messages are out there and we soak them up like a sponge. Now, our culture makes some allowances for working. So if you have a job, we won't shame you for working outside the home like they would have in the olden days. You know, there's a long history of social pressure on moms and kind of society dictating what they should and shouldn't be doing. So I don't know, 50, 60 years ago, you would get socially shamed if you worked outside the home, right? The ideal goal was for moms to be stay-at-home moms. Then the you know, feminist revolution came and women fought for their right to still work even when they were pregnant and having children. I remember my mom said she had to quit her job as soon as she started showing because she was a teacher and they, they it was a bad influence. Like if your children knew that you had had intercourse, <laughs> then you were suddenly not a good role model for them. And so uh, you had to quit. Even like on the, I used to work at Planned Parenthood and we would write on our medical form said um, EDC. It was your estimated date of confinement was your due date. Instead of due date, it was EDC. So when do you go into confinement? When do you hide (laughs) from society? (laughs) They changed it while I worked there to EDD, estimated date of delivery. But, you know, there was a lot of social programming in the olden days around women should not work and have children. Then We got into our feminist movement. Yay. We fought for the right to still work after having children. But I remember my teaching partner, when I started teaching, she was nearing retirement and we were both fourth grade teachers. And she said that she didn't get to stay home. It was not an option for her because of the social peer pressure around, hey, we fought for our right to work. You have to work. You can't just stay home with your kid because you're kind of um, abandoning all other women and kind of a slap in the face for what we just worked so hard to earn the right to. So now we're really lucky in that we have the choice And there isn't, hopefully, much social shaming, whether you decide to work after having kids or you decide to stay home. So hopefully now you have some freedom to choose. So we we allow moms to work. And sometimes I think we can value exercise, right? Like we think, okay, that's a, a legitimate reason to be away from your children is to exercise. But I had one client who she could give herself that break. She put her kids in the gym daycare and she would go work out. But she was so exhausted and burned out. She hadn't had a break in years. And I said, why don't you put them in the gym daycare and just go lay in a lounge chair by the pool and read a book? And she was like, oh my God, I could never do that. And so she just hadn't given herself permission to relax or she didn't think it was okay for her to just chill out and do what she wanted. She did eventually come around to that, but it was very hard for her. 
So we just want to be really wary of these cultural pressures that we pick up on because they're invisible and you can't really see them. So it's easier for us to value noble pursuits like working and exercising, but just to relax and play and indulge in a little luxury, prepare yourself for internal and or external social backlash. So this is why I'm so excited about my announcement. I am doing an in-person mini retreat for moms who specifically moms who struggle to prioritize themselves. It's called more you in 2022. So this is a mini retreat because of course COVID we got it all be you know, vaccinated and proof of COVID negative. And we want to have a small group gathering, but it's going to be in a beautiful hotel, like the grand suite at this hotel. And it's going to be this wonderful group of moms. I'm so excited to get to be in person. And what's fun about it is everybody there struggles to prioritize themselves when their kids are around. And so we get to kind of like, help everybody overcome these same obstacles at the same time and replace this unhelpful, unhealthy peer pressure with real moms, with real voices and faces, encouraging each other to take care of themselves, have more fun, relax a little bit, enjoy their lives. So I'm super excited about this um, mini retreat. So if you are interested in learning more about it, you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash mini retreat with a little hyphen in between. And if you see, oh, that's so too far for me to go. I would love to attend, but it's too far away. Let me know because maybe I can come and do one in your area. So since it's social programming that keeps us stuck in self-sacrificing, why not use peer pressure to encourage self-prioritizing? Instead of obeying these unwritten, invisible social rules that keep us stuck, why not bring together a group of real moms encouraging each other to prioritize themselves? Because this is the fastest way to rewire the brain and start believing that taking care of yourself and putting yourself first on your list is a beautiful thing. You know, I was talking with a super mom this this morning and I asked her, I said, how would your life be different if every morning you woke up and believed that taking care of yourself was the most important thing. So I want you guys to think about that for a minute. Just imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up and the most important thing to you is you. What you want to do, what would make you happy. Now for this mom I was talking to, it was really hard for her. But slowly as I started to ask more and more questions, a picture started to form of a happier, more relaxed mom. She imagined that putting her needs first would help her be more patient, more easygoing. She could finally drop the resentment she'd been carrying around about how hard she was working and relax a little. Once she rested, it would be easier for her to let go of the mental clutter and the mental spinning that she was doing a lot of. She imagined that she would be more organized, more productive, because right now she wakes up in the morning thinking what needs to get done, and she puts herself absolutely on the bottom of the list. Like after everything else is done, then it's my turn. So if she was to flip that, then she thinks it would make her more organized, more productive, 
which is exactly the goal she's trying to achieve by focusing on what needs to get done. (laughs) But when you focus on just like, okay, what needs to get done? It drains our energy because we deserve our own attention and our own time. So just that simple switch of putting herself first gave her what she really wanted, a productive, organized, joyful, and fulfilling life. Another mom I talked to as I'm preparing for this mini retreat, I've been talking to other moms about it. She was pretty good about making time for exercise. But when I asked her what her life would look like if she put herself first, she didn't know. She didn't really have a picture of what she wanted. She was aware of what her kids wanted. She knew what her husband wanted, even the dog wanted. But she wasn't used to thinking about what she wanted. So it took some talking and some encouragement. But Eventually, she was able to dream about some home remodeling projects she'd like to take on and inviting more people over, hosting more events in her house. She also had some exciting career shifts that she would like to pursue, but was using the kids as an excuse not to because it was a little scary. So for her, not knowing the exact next step to take was keeping her stuck in uncertainty. But the more clarity she gained around what a future of putting herself first would look like, the better she felt. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is the narcissist in the closet. It is not uncommon for supermoms to suppress their own desires out of fear. Fear that if they indulge in selfish desires, they will unleash a self-absorbed narcissist that has been lurking in the closet. They have this idea that without constant policing, sacrificing, and pressure, their true selfish nature will emerge and they will just abandon their children for a life of jet-setting indulgence. I have never seen this happen. The reality is, when supermoms start prioritizing themselves, they soften. They become relaxed, more easygoing, and happier. Before, they hung out with their kids out of obligation. Now they hang out with them by choice. So children and adolescents who have parents that aren't available to them 24-7, guess what? They learn to be more independent and self-reliant. This builds their competence, which increases their confidence, something that moms cannot give kids. We can't give our kids confidence. We can only give them opportunities to build their competence. So instead of suppressing your desires for fear, you will become overly selfish and overly indulgent. Try doing fun things and see what happens. Notice how you feel when you've ditched the guilt and had some fun. Fill up your tank first and see which version of you comes back home afterwards. Like let's say you go to a yoga retreat and you come back into your house. Who is that person that comes back home. Go out with your girlfriends and then come home. And don't take my word for it. Just try it and see if you like that version of you. If you find you're more patient, more easygoing after you've had a break. See if you enjoy being a mom more once you've reconnected with the other parts of you, the non-mom parts of you. Just give it a try and see. Today's Supermom Power Boost is to be a role model. 
sometimes we can get so caught up in being there for our kids as a helper, a taskmaster, an advisor, that we forget that the number one way kids learn is through imitation. So instead of telling your kids, find work you love, follow your dreams, because anything is possible, why not show them? Your children, especially your daughters, mamas, are much more likely to follow in your footsteps than to do what you tell them to do. Do you want your daughter to put herself last and sacrifice herself for her kids? If not, then you've got a powerful opportunity to model and show your daughter how to live a fulfilling, balanced life. Putting yourself first on your to-do list might sound selfish, but it is truly one of the most generous gifts you can give your family because nobody else is going to take care of you. I don't know if you've noticed this yet. I used to really wish that I I was like so exhausted and so burned out. I was like, when is somebody going to rescue me? Who is going to come along and make me stop? And it never happened. (laughs) You are the only one who can decide what you want. You're the only one that knows what brings you joy and fulfillment. And you are the only one who can take action steps towards living aligned with your highest self. When we do this, we give our families the best version of us, which they deserve. We give our kids an example of how to live a life aligned with your highest values. We role model for our kids how to opt out of social and cultural peer pressure to live a life that is right for us. Today's quote of the day, the tendency to self-sacrifice is just a form of wasting life. Henri de Montalon. I will love you and leave you, super moms. Hope you have a wonderful holiday. Enjoy some family time, but especially enjoy some filling up of your own tank. And I look forward to seeing more of you in 2022. Again, if you're interested in the mini retreat, you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash mini hyphen retreat. Take care and happy new year. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question, and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.